Welcome back to another commodity update brought to you by the team from Mercado.com.au. The purpose of these updates are to tell you what is happening in the market. Uh, we're not going to waste your time. We know you've got a lot of stuff on. So we're not going to talk about things that we don't think is going to be of much interest. So we're really picking out the highlights of the week and what has really been driving the markets and major things that have been happening that will affect uh, farmers within Australia and potentially overseas. So this week it's myself, Andrew Whitelock, covering off on grains and Olivia Agar will be covering off on livestock. I'm just going to jump straight into it and talk about grains and one of the big things that happened this week was the the removal of the moratorium on GM cultivation in South Australia. Uh, this is something that's probably been a long time coming uh, there's been a lot of lobbying to try and get this uh, across the line over the past well, 10 to 15 years and this is something that's been quite close to the, the Mercado team and, and probably especially myself and Olivia. We've done a lot of work in this area. We actually produced a report uh, that was, I'm not, I'm not going to blow smoke up ourselves, but we think it was you know, in part responsible for uh, the removal of the moratorium and that we produced a report which tested the hypothesis that was provided by the South Australian Labour government at the time who were saying that they needed to keep the moratorium in South Australia because it provided a pr premium for South Australian farmers. So we uh, we tested that hypothesis. We looked at a whole bunch of commodities, not just grains, but uh, even things like wine. And uh, we covered about close to 70% of South Australia's agricultural economy. And it found that there was no perceivable premium in South Australia versus uh, other states, which, uh, which had uh, GM and non-GM planted side by side. And so that went, then led on to... Uh, the, the the new Liberal government in South Australia commissioning a report uh, with a highly dignified uh, agricultural economist, uh, Kim Anderson, and that report came back and thankfully it came back and uh, concurred what we had said, that there was no real premium or advantage for, for keeping the uh, the moratorium. And it's and it, I think it's been well received and I think that the, the good thing about it is that with the moratorium there was a lot of angst from farmers in King Island who didn't want GM crops and uh, and they've been excluded from uh, from the moratorium and so you, you still not be able to grow GM crops there and I think that's a very common sense uh, approach to the whole thing and so I wrote an article uh, on well that was uh, yesterday actually uh, I've got a bad memory at the moment so I wrote an article yesterday uh, looking at the the GM moratorium and giving a few thoughts on it and one of the, the couple of thoughts that I've got is that potentially by next next season we'll have GM crops in South Australia what we really need to do as a state is uh, make sure we have an orderly process to the introduction. We have to learn from some of the mistakes that occurred in other states when they introduced GM uh, because there are some issues, especially in South Australia, where they may not necessarily get uh, the, the volume of GM crops to make it easy to, to get enough to, like, for instance, ship out a Panamax vessel. So there needs to be a lot of work between both industry, seed producers, the chemical companies, the marketers of grain, and also the, the farm representative groups to ensure that there's an orderly transition to growing GM crops and getting the most value from them. But the main point of view for me is that I think it's it's great that farmers you get the choice to use a crop which is which is used around the world and Part of our research showed that the reality is that segregation does work. We have you know, various places around the world, world where organic is grown 
quite happily alongside conventional and, and genetically modified crops. So I think it's been a good move. I think the one benefit as well that we'll see straight away is that it will it will cut the cost of logistics for for Western Australian farmers because now now uh, trucks can actually drive through South Australia to get seed to to Western Australia. Uh, as opposed to having to go through the, the Northern Territory or being loaded onto a ship. So that's one advantage uh, straight away. Yeah, keep an eye on it. It's going to be quite an interesting uh, couple of months in South Australia as they, as they move into this new era. Uh, I'm going to pass you off to Olivia, who's going to cover off on the livestock markets. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So this week we did an update on our processor margin model. So we like to do this on a regular basis to give a bit of an indication of how the meatworks are faring from season to season. And from a supply chain perspective, when processes are profitable and making money, you can see them paying a, a premium at the sale yard to secure their cattle in times when the prices are weakening and the market's dropping off. But then in the same way, worsening processor margins are also reflected in their buying behaviour at the sale yard. Uh, so in recent month, months, we've seen the processor margin continue to ease off a bit. So it's fallen from the peak that we saw in May of over $280 profit per head down to 145 this July. We do usually see a bit of a seasonal dip at this time of year, so it's not really that unusual to see the margin ease off during winter. But for the 2019 season, the annual average margin sitting at around $195 so far compared to just $36 profit earned last year. So those ongoing dry conditions across New South Wales and southern Queensland have really um, kept the cost of cattle entering meatworks pretty, pretty subdued while improving offshore beef prices have helped to boost up those margins. Now, if we compare it to the 2014 season when we had that dry, um, dry normal spring and summer, we could see that uh, the processor margins as the annual average margin for those years reached up to 255. So during the 2014 season, um, the processor margin continued to improve through the second half, peaking at over $385 profit in November. So the drier than average forecast that we've got at the moment that's leading into spring by the bomb should really support uh, those processor margins to come out strong in the second half of this year. Now, on to uh, lamb and sheep markets. And we've seen lamb sale yard values pull back over the last few weeks. However, the Eastern States trade lamb indicator is nearly exactly where it was at this time last year. So while supply is definitely playing its part, much of the credit for these strong prices is really being put down to export markets. So total export values for June declined a bit, but this was on the back of the record that we saw in April. So looking at the 2018-2019 financial year, lamb export values were up to $2.64 in total. And looking back to 15-16, that's an increase on 49%, which is pretty incredible. So the total export values of mutton have been dropped off a little bit this year. Um, but again, looking back to that 15-16 season and when where they've come from in the last three years, it's nearly an 80% increase on those values there. And on a cents per kilo basis, both lamb and mutton export values have rallied in July. And that's in response to the higher sale yard values. So exporters have been passing on those higher lamb costs to overseas customers, which is a good thing here. 
But with the rising land prices in July, this probably did see a bit of a squeeze on their margins as exporters came against resistance at, at that, those record levels and cut back on kill space. And mutton was in a similar situation too. It's come up against resistance in both export value and value prices. However, supply is unlikely to recover as quickly. So export values might be maintained at those higher levels for a while yet. All right. Thanks very much, Andrew. Thanks for the update, Olivia. For all you listeners out there, if you want more detail on anything that we've mentioned today, you can jump on the website at mercado.com.au or click on the link that comes with this uh, podcast. Uh, so you get all the full detail, you can get charts and graphs of what we've been talking about and a bit more detail uh, for you to read at your at your leisure. Uh, we only ask one thing to you, our listeners. Uh, please, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a, a rating on iTunes or wherever else you listen to this. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, pass it around. Let people know about it. You know, that's all we ask. But uh, it's, we're offering this completely free of charge. So, yeah, if you could help us out, that would be fantastic. Uh, have a great weekend and enjoy yourself. <laughs>